but you know me by a different, much older name. A name perhaps you hoped you'd never hear again. I am Dave! It's true. I am Dave. And this is an open letter. I appreciate you uh, listening in. And I apologize off the bat here. It has been a little while. We have been kind of real off and on this year in broadcasting or or recording. And there's just been some schedules changing. And thankfully, Chad is uh, committed to this. He's gotten a lot more busy. He's a good producer, and he's got other people uh, vying for his attention. So we're hopefully able to get on a more regular schedule now so we can keep putting podcasts out there for you our listeners so tonight we have an interesting podcast i think have a friend of mine from church here named tony and we're going to get into his story in just a few minutes tony can you say hi to everybody how's it going guys they all say good wonderful (laughs) (laughs) so we have chad across the table from me that's me and of course you have me dave and my lovely wife carol Hello. Please don't hog the microphone. (laughs) We're sharing a microphone because we have a guest today. So anyway, all right. So we're going to start with an off-the-cuff question, as we always do. And tonight's off-the-cuff question is, it's kind of a common question, but I'm going to kind of tweak it a little bit, as I often do. And the question is this. If you had to lose one of your senses or a limb, and you don't have a choice, what would you choose to lose? And if you can, why? Um, Does balding count as a sense? It does not. It does not count as a sense or a limb. So you've already lost it. Well, it kind of limbs off of your head, though. It kind of (laughs) does, but I'm going to say no. Okay. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Tony, I know you have one here. What would you choose if you had to lose... Any of those things, what would you choose? Actually, um, I know uh, I had uh, given the answer of my sense of smell, but I thought of another one, and that's probably one of my feet. <laughs> one of your feet? Yeah, I'd probably get rid of one. I mean, I could easily just get a prosthetic. That's true. You know, you can just, I mean, spend God knows how much money, but those things are expensive. But yeah, I'd probably get a prosthetic and be bam, just like all right, just like normal. All right, there you go. Prosthetic <laughs> foot for Tony. Carol, how about you? I'm kind of thinking I'd go with a foot too because uh, I don't want to lose any of my senses. They're all pretty cool. All right, Chad, how about you, buddy? <laughs> my left pinky toe. No, not a thing. <laughs> you cannot choose the pinky toe. We've what? No, I had not said, a limb. That's, that's funny. Not a limb. I had said the pinky before we even came in here, and then Dave you was guys, like, "No." You, Chad and Tony are thinking about the same. So, so you cannot <laughs> I can. later on a tell me of a the limb. rules. I do all the time. <laughs> you should be used to this. I mean, you specifically said if you could pick a limb or a sense. So I'd pick the uh-huh. limb, and it's, it's not, not good limb. enough for you. A toe is an extremity, not a limb. Boom, there it is. Okay. Thanks, Carol. So what would you choose? <laughs> you can't cheat. It doesn't matter. This isn't really going to happen to you. Does the co-hostess count as a limb? No, you cannot. You cannot cut Aww. off the co-hostess. You're hurting her feelings. Rude, rude. So, what would you choose? I'd probably choose a foot. 
The foot is that's a popular one tonight. Well, I think <laughs> I think it's I think it is the answer I would choose as well because of the, the prosthetics have gotten so prosthetics. That seems like a hard prosthesis or whatever. I think, yeah, I think the limbs an easy out. None of us want to lose a sense. Mm-hmm. No, it would be really difficult to uh, to lose one of our senses. But a foot, I think you could manage. Um, but then again, I don't really know anyone well that's lost a foot. So they, <laughs> then we may be getting some emails saying, you guys are jerks. That's not, <laughs> you that's, ignorant people. That's not easy. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, is this whole discussion is nothing but a d- bunch of nonsense? You have won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. As all our off-the-cuff questions are. Um, all right. No foot for you. No food for you. Um, <laughs> so Tony is a friend of our, for Carol and mine. We when did we meet Tony? Oh man, I think well when I well, first started coming to Selma's porch, we probably ran into each other once or twice mm-hmm. uh, in 2016. Or I don't I don't remember the first time I came to Selma's porch actually. I knew of his existence because he went to high school with my kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Oh, Chad's giving you his mic, so we're gonna each have our own mic. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I do do nice things. <laughs> See, that's that's an olive that's branch so right nice. there. Thank you, Chad. Be more considerate, Aww. Dave. Well, I, I didn't I, say I was turning the mic on. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's one step at a time here. Baby steps. That's it. All right. So, Tony, uh, we've met you. Well, we became aware of you a couple of years ago, Carol. And Tony um, also plays on the worship team. I do, yeah. Yeah. And so, when did you meet? When did you meet Mr. Tony and started to get to know him? Uh, started to get to know him when we played on the worship team together. Right. When when, <laughs> when would that be? Um, a few months ago. So it's know. fairly recent since yeah. you started to really. And then once we yeah. heard Tony's story, we knew <laughs> that we wanted to have him on the podcast because uh, Tony's kind of an interesting guy. Tony, how old are you? I'm 21. 21 years old. All right. And the thing that makes Tony a bit unique, um, there's lots of things that make him unique, but probably <laughs> the thing that would stand out the most is Tony is blind. I am, yeah, totally blind. Totally blind. And Tony is also a musician, of course, as we've referenced, that he is uh, plays on a worship team. What instruments do you play, Tony? Um, uh, my primary is guitar and uh, keys, but um, over the past 13 years, I've learned and been able to find myself skillful in bass guitar, uh, regular electric guitar, variations of the instrument, of course, um, piano, um, singing. Um, I played the accordion here and there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I, I, just, I, I just don't even have one anymore. I had one when I was a That's kid. That's awesome. Really? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> when did you start becoming interested in music? Um, actually, when I first lost my sight, um, which was, I mean, it was progressive as a child, but it wasn't sudden and instant. Till around the age of nine, when everything kind of just came together in a big, big gulb, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I got a piano or a keyboard, I should say, just like a small, you know, kid size uh, Casio keyboard. And um, I just became intrigued. I became, you know, attached to this thing like it was my best friend in the whole universe. And, right. you know, I found did, myself. What's did, that? Did you drive your family crazy? Always. No, there was never a dull moment. I would bring it to school. You know, teachers oh, no. tell me why. Why are you doing this? You know, why are you doing? This? I brought it to my friend's house. Like I was, I was attached to this thing, and I, I knew there was some destined, you know, spark inside of me that 
was was trying to tell me you know later mm-hmm. i fi- really discovered that it was god putting this you know in into my life you know i i i believe so right and um but no i i just became so entranced and in love with it that it's mm-hmm. just stuck with me so we're going to just dive right into this Shoot. so you were not born <clears throat> blind uh no i was not um so what happened Ooh, that's a long story. Hope we have time. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a podcast, not a radio show, right. but we do try to keep it around an right. hour. So, <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll kind of give it to you in a nutshell. Yeah. So, I was born with something called peripheral vitreoretinopathy. retinopathy, and what that is in uh, Layton's terms is retinal detachment. Mm. So, I had weak retinas when I was born. Did I have twenty twenty vision? No, I did not. I was legally blind, but I still had foreseeable vision. Okay. Um. So I was, um, I guess you could say nearsighted to an extent. Okay. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't perfect. I, I didn't have enough vision to drive or anything like that. But anyway. Of course you couldn't really drive oh, before uh, you were nine. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That would But anyway, um, it started off with that and I had probably over 60 surgeries in, the, in a span of eight years with keeping my eyes afloat with the retinas being so... Um, sensitive and being so susceptible to, you know, pressure and things of the sort. So by age two, I had lost my right eye's retina from okay. a bump in the head. I don't know all the details. I really wasn't told much because um, I, you know, I don't have any, I don't have much perception of, you know, that time in my life. I was too young. Mm-hmm. But um, so from age two to age nine, my left eye was basically the only eye that I had left that had, you know, Two twenty over one hundred or whatever. So I mean, it wasn't it not, wasn't good, really. Yeah, not not good, but there's something there, right? Uh-huh, you know. So I, let me ask you this: in in that type of that level of vision, what are you able to see and not see at that with what you like, had? Could you see colors? I could. No, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was able to have light perception, colors, you know, shapes. Like I. It wasn't like blurry or anything. I just okay. had to be up close to everything. Okay. I had gotcha. to wear glasses as a kid. Sure. You know, and over time it just got worse. Right. So, okay, continue on with what happened sure. then. Um, so fast forward a little bit, um, you know, getting closer to the accident, which I'll explain in a minute, um, my vision started getting worse and worse. Okay. So, you know, adding a lot of insult to injury here. But of course at the time, you know, my doctors were always telling me you got to you know, you got to stay away from sports. You got to stay away from soccer because I, I was heavily playing uh, into playing soccer with my friends at school. Sure. Um, you know, hockey, you know, street hockey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, playing on trampolines, jumping in pools. Like I, I was, you know, I was relentless. I, I didn't want to let, you know, some old eye doctor tell me what to do. Right. Or, you know, try and hold me back from, you know, living out uh, the potential that, you know, God put in my life. Sure. You know, I, I considered myself a daredevil. Um, but that got the best of me at one point. And, um, yeah, what happened? So summer of 2005 rolls around. It's a hot summer day. My cousins are over, you know, it's, it's gorgeous. It's like 92 degrees and humid. It's the perfect Michigan day (laughs) in the middle of the summer. So we went over to my friend, (laughs) my buddy's house, uh, when I lived, uh, in uh, our old house in Jenison here, um, we went over to his house to jump on his trampoline and, um, while we were doing that, we were playing this game called clock where somebody sits in the middle and uses their limbs to try and trip people around them as you walk huh. around them. Okay. You okay. Know? So, you know, obviously this is calling for danger, but at the same time, you know, what did we care? Well, you know, 
eight, nine, ten years old. We want to live out our lives. Sure. And um, they didn't have protection around the rim of the trampoline, so it was all exposed springs. Yeah. We didn't have any of that. You know, yeah. you know, we weren't we weren't safe, I guess. You know, we didn't well, as a nine, eight, nine-year-old, like you said, you're not really thinking of safety first. You're just thinking of having fun. You're just thinking of having fun. But anyway, you know, eventually that got the best. And my buddy had tripped me. I came face first with a trampoline spring, and it went through my eye. Ugh. And yeah. you sorry, know, sorry. I know it's a no, bit graphic, hey, listeners. I, but that's, I know, yeah. yeah, that's what happened. You know, I, I'm not gonna hide the story. No, or, no, you know, no, no, by no, all means, try and you know sugarcoat it. You know, that's nope. the reality of it. I'm, yep. I mean. You know, by all means, fast forward if you got to, but <laughs> too late now. Yeah, that's too late. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but <laughs> so, wow, what did that feel like? Oh my oh, goodness! Let's not get too well. Bad I'm sorry, no, it's, but it's okay. It's what I think of, like, it's, it's all right. I'm, I'd rather be open and transparent because you know, if anything, if there's anybody else out there who's had a traumatizing experience like this, the best thing to do is at least give them some sort of empathy. That's, yeah, you that's know, true. You know, that's true. Um, but if I pass out, no. <laughs> but <laughs> the graphic part is gone. You're sitting down, so yeah, you know. the graphic part is done. <laughs> Do you so, remember how well do you remember the pain, Tony? Let me ask you that. You know, I still have visions of it every now and again. I, you know, I'm not af- obviously I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm, pa- sure. I'm past all the, you know, the tra- trauma of it. But it was a scale to one to ten. It was definitely a ten. You know, my vision became. You know, my vision went from blurry to flashy. Wow. And all I saw was flashing lights. Okay. You know, and my cornea was punctured. Things were, you know, well, I don't want to get into that you know, I was gonna say right. no, I, <laughs> but you know what yeah. I'm saying and so I I had to rush, get rushed home I had to hold cloths over my eyes for you know gosh knows how long and um my memory's a little bit blurry from then on out but I do remember going to the hospital and they had to do a cornea transplant oh wow um that was successful but was there any vision left no only light perception well so you say it was successful but it was successful because you still had some level of perception yes level of perception you know they were able to save what was there without it being totally you know in disarray so they wouldn't have to remove it and put a prosthetic in it. So how, how fast were they able to do the transplant from the from the time of the accident to the transplant? I don't remember. Personally, okay. I don't remember too well, but the surgery itself was about six hours. Oh. You know, so it, it was it was quite a bit. Um but you know, that transplant didn't last long inside of me. Four years went by and I had to uh, get an evaluation of my eye to see how the uh, cornea was doing mm-hmm. and they had told me that it's failing. It was. But you uh, probably did. You already know that something was wrong. Then? No, I did not. Oh, um, okay. I felt pain, a little bit of pain and pressure, which was obviously a big, you know, kind of warning sign, like something's going on, something's happening here. Obviously, I, I was twelve years old. I didn't. I didn't know. Right. You know. Right. But so they told me that they had to take the eye out entirely. So and, and that was your left eye, correct? That was my left eye. That's it. Okay. So you go from you ha- if you if the accident wouldn't have happened. What would your sight have done, or what would it be like today if the accident had never taken place? It's hard to tell, but I can tell you at least, you know, basic guesstimate. You know, vitreoretinopathy develops glaucoma, and mm. eventually glaucoma would have come into play within the next five to ten years. And by age eighteen, I probably wouldn't have any vision left. Okay, so right now you are hundred percent, totally, completely blind. That's correct. But you do have, I mean. And, and, and so really throughout your life, you've had, you know, problems with vision, mm-hmm. right? It was, it's never been, like you said, it's <laughs> never been 2020. So what do you remember 
from being able to see? What do you have memories of being I able do. to see? I do. Um, and oh man, th- this is a whole nother conversation of itself. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, the <clears throat> my, my how do I explain this? So I have. I remember color. I remember basic fundamental features of human faces, of uh, dogs, animals, you know, just uh, any basic, I guess, uh, fundamental, yeah, I'll just use that word, Mm -hmm. of, you know, perception of, you know, vision. Uh, Is it detailed anymore? No. I don't have a very vivid memory of many things, but that's how I get around and I navigate is I use my hearing and when I hear something using echolocation, using footstep counting, using just the sense of touch. I can see something in my head. I get an idea of what I think it looks like, and that helps me navigate. That helps me uh, understand my surroundings, my my boundaries, my limitations. You know, is it accurate? Probably not. Oh. You know? Right. But um, I had... A- I listened. I heard a podcast um, last year sometime about a, a gentleman who is who is blind, and he used a lot of echolocation. He clicks a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he is uncanny. He must have some incredibly heightened sense of of hearing, and and it's more than hearing because of the echolocation mm-hmm. uh, part of it. But he processes it so well that a lot of people don't ever realize he's blind. Oh yeah, no, I get that all the time. Have no, you heard of that oh, guy? Oh, oh, well, that specific individual, no. But I know what they're. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it, a lot of people reference me sometimes as being like a superhuman, <laughs> just how I get around sometimes. And, uh-huh. and it's I thought of, it was about how you play the guitar. It's not. Well, hey, <laughs> we can get to that later, right? <laughs> yeah. we, we, do, we hopefully will. <laughs> but I, I, it really comes down how you adapt because you with somebody. You know, if you have vision. You, that's how you perceive how to get around, right? But right. The, if you've been blind for you know 13 plus years, you're going to eventually learn the ropes and adapt to it. Are you mm. going to run into a wall? Maybe. You're going to run into a chair? Probably. But you know, it really comes down to how you react to those things. Yeah. So, do you like when you walk into a room? Can you get an idea of how big it is? Just I can. By the the reverberation sound? of it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And same thing with you know hearing voices. I can tell how many people might be in it. Mm-hmm. I can tell where they are. You know, whenever I hear someone talk, I can ex- I can point them out immediately. Sure. You by using stereo. You know the right. left. You know mm-hmm. stereo hearing. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you kind of a, a maybe a deeper question here. Sure. Is there and forgive my my ignorance, but is there as someone who's blind something that you fear within that? that challenge of being blind. Do you have like any specific fears attached to not being able to see? Um, I'd lie to you if I said I didn't, um, you know, but I, I'd say my biggest one, I guess is sometimes the ignorance in general of society. Not that, mm-hmm. not that that's a fear, more of a frustration, I guess. Yeah. And I want to get into that too. Sure. No, by all means, I I'm willing to talk about anything about this, but it's like, I, I don't really fear much anymore because I've, again, you adapt, you learn, you, you accept it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's something that's just inevitable. You can't fix it. I mean, even if you could, you know, the longer you try and find a cure for something like blindness, the more you're going to be impatient with yourself and you're not focusing on yourself or the present. You're, you're looking more towards the future. So would you say that <clears throat> the anxieties that come from being blind are more situational, like with people or more physical, like busy streets? 
Um, people. People. I really? think it's more people. I mean, I, I've traveled in New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles. I know. It's you crazy. Know, I, so I, <laughs> I, I don't mind the whole aspect of just being around thousands of people. It's, yeah. So you're not, <clears throat> you don't worry about like stepping off a cliff or anything like that. That's what the, you know, that's what the cane's for, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. or the dog, you know, that's, you got the skill, you have other tools to help you essentially figure those things out. And if you, yeah. know, you make a mistake, obviously it's like, well, shoot, idiot, you weren't using your cane. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the, and you touched on this a little bit, but you, you know, some of the things that happen, um, that are frustrating, like what, and I kind of bumped into this a little bit the other day when we were going out somewhere and my, um, experience with, I, I've never known someone who is blind before, uh-huh. right? You're the first person I've known. So this is new to me. Mm-hmm. And I found that I was doing something that you were very gracious in responding to me, but I was over directing you. And, um, and I, I, I didn't feel like you were frustrated with me, but I kind of felt like this internal. You, know, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. It was subtle, right? Don't baby me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I I actually am not helpless, and you know, but it, it felt like the polite thing to do. See, like, and you know what? I admire your gesture because you did it out of kindness because you knew. You know, you saw my situation, and, and this comes this comes down to empathy. It really right. comes down to lack of empathy. You know, and it's not an, an intentional lack of empathy. It's more so. It's it's just what it is. You're mm-hmm. not blind. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. So I idea. have to have a level of forgiveness in that, but also have an opportunity to maybe inform you to you know Absolutely. to help you understand. You know, and that's the thing we don't see enough in the disabled community. Mm. There's not enough of that. There's not enough. You know, of, you know, like, hey, I don't like it when you do that. And here's why. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there is a lack of that in the disabled community? I think it really just comes down to um, it's being frustrated with with ourselves. You're frustrated with. So you get frustrated with yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, because, you know, I I have a lot of dear friends who are blind, uh many, you know, and I I love them to the pit of my soul because we we understand each other. We know the 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 common uh, threat of society as far as just, you know, prejudice and then having to deal with, you know, people potentially grabbing you out of nowhere and directing you or <laughs> oh, doing wow. doing things for you out of, you know, uh, out of, you know, uh, you know, disregard to asking you first, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, you know, there's always there's so many things. And, the, and then it becomes a popular perception, you know, instead of looking at the individual themselves, we, and, you know, it's almost like the blind community in and of itself is it's its own little race. Yeah. And, you know, and when, when the common person hears somebody who's blind, they think, okay, they got a guide dog. They mm. need help everywhere they go. They can't do this by themselves. They can't do this by themselves. And, and again, it doesn't come down to, I'm not going to blame society for that, uh, that perception because they just haven't been informed. Yeah. Right. And that's what we do with all kinds of groups of people. We lump them in a category exactly. and then make generalizations. Right, right. Stereotypes. So you said one of the chief generalizations, of course, with a blind person is, I need help getting places and I'm going to bump mm-hmm. into things. Um, are there any other generalizations that you run into that maybe aren't quite as apparent that we wouldn't be as aware of? Um, I mean, shoot, I, I, I haven't thought about them as much. Um, I think just the biggest one is... Uh, a lot of it just comes down to just the lack of understanding just who we are in general. So what is it that you wish people in society would know more about 
someone like yourself or the blind that we have other senses that work Mm. and that we can use (laughs) to our abilities have you ever have you ever had um somebody speak louder to you oh yeah oh that drives me nuts it's like are you kidding me i'm not deaf you know it's like i'm not deaf (laughs) yeah you know um, just look at me when you talk you know if if you need if you need to uh you know, set, stand, help me. If I'm not paying attention to you, say my name or, you know, tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, can I can I talk to you for a second? You know, I think it's kind of <laughs> funny, but as I interact with you more and more, like one of the things I do is I, I gesture a lot when I speak. <laughs> and so I'm it's like, oh, yeah, Dave, I can totally see that hand yeah, gesture. I know. <laughs> which, um, which reminds me of when uh, our, our worship leader was sort of directing us to end a song at a particular time the other day. <laughs> No, which which isn't super helpful. <laughs> and it was almost as if Tony had this ESP or something because he did finish right when she wanted. But how did you do he that just then? Did it? How did you intuition? Know? Um, yeah, intuition. I guess just knowing music and understanding. Like, okay, we've played this yeah. this part eight bars, and we just did it another eight bars. I think it's time to end it now. You know, <laughs> and she's waving her arms. <laughs> like, it's like um, I see you, Shelby. Tony okay, <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Shelby. Shout out to. You. <laughs> so what what's what's one of the uh, you know just kind of get an idea like what are what's the time or a couple times that people offended you? Oh oh man okay I, I know here we go. Probably a bus. So I was walking out of the <clears throat> dentist office and I was going to meet my dad. He he came up on his motorcycle and I was going to meet him outside. And right as I was about to take a step downstairs, this woman came up right behind me and grabbed my shoulders like wait. Oh. She says, like, wait, don't don't step down. Don't step down. It was like, excuse me, you almost got an elbow to the face, lady. <laughs> like, don't just suddenly grab somebody out of nowhere. Like that that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it, again, I understand the gesture and where it came from within the heart, but at the same time, think about it. Would you like someone just randomly grabbing you out of Shocking. nowhere? You know? Well, it depends on the person, maybe. I, you know, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like my wife. You know, no. Uh-huh. If some stranger just came up right behind you and grabbed your shoulder out of nowhere, it's like, hey, nope, no, no, no. You know I would saying? be, I would be, I would be immediately. It's unsettling. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a little yeah. upset, probably. And that, that's definitely the ones that usually get me irritated the most. Everything else, it's like, okay, whatever. You... Well, especially because, as a seeing person, you have peripheral vision. You can sense, you can see the movement out of the corner of your eye. So uh-huh. it, you kind of get a little bit of a warning when somebody is about to grab you, but yeah. when you're blind, yeah. you have no warning. You can't warning. tell. You it's can't like, tell. You know, boom, and I use my hearing, so nowhere. sometimes I can tell if someone's walking yeah, behind me or sure. walking around me. But you know, not if it's out of the dark like a <laughs> freaking bat, you know, <laughs> coming to bite me. Dude, so people are biting you. This is That's a problem. I, it, 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 it is. <laughs> All right, good it to is. Know. I've got I've got good blood. Do you okay? Do you, do you feel like people ever take advantage of you because of your your blindness? Um. I haven't really had too many of those. I mean, that that was more in middle school and elementary school. Oh boy, um, I, you I know can't where even... where people would tap me on the shoulder and then run away. Or are you? Oh, oh man. my god! Oh yeah, no that, that. I mean, oh, shoot, if you tried pulling that stuff off today, ooh, hmm, it, it wouldn't end well. First time <laughs> I'd ignore you, but if you did it the second time, I'd probably yap you in the in the chest for if that. If you can, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, wow. it, you know, and I had one kid give me the middle finger one time in seventh grade. And, you know, I didn't, he didn't even, you know, obviously I didn't know it happened right then and sure, there, but, you know, course. two hours later he had a broken wrist. Uh-oh. Oh, how'd that happen? He was bullying me outside and I took my cane and I smashed his, um, sprained his uh, wrist with it. Wow. Ooh. You know, it's, it's I'm, I, I'm not a violent person, but if I have to prove a point to teach someone a little bit more respect, 
I, I don't mind it. Nowadays, I'm not like that. But at the time, I was 13. So what the heck? Yeah. You know, every, yeah. we were all doing stupid stuff. Well, you're stuff. learning. Exactly. Can you talk to me a little bit about your heightened senses and what um, how long it took to develop those and which senses are the most heightened? Sure. Uh, so touch and hearing are definitely the two primaries. Um, so when I... When I'm just walking down the street, I hear everything around me. I visualize it in my head, what I think it looks like and where it might be based off where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm walking down New York City, I hear all the horns, all the sirens. Mm-hmm. You hear the dogs. You hear the people chatter. You hear the old lady screaming at the dude. You hear the, you know, just <laughs> pe- the, you know, the pigeons coming down. You know, you can, I, I can visualize that. I, I can see it through my imagination and the same as with touch, like with this microphone in front of me. You know, when I first came in here, when I felt it, I immediately put an image in my head of the details that I picked up with my hands on what I think it looks like. Okay. You know, it's 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 hard to real it's hard to explain, um, to be honest with you, but the yeah. best that's the best way I can really explain it. So you visualize things, you sort of see pictures in your mind. I do. The interesting thing is um, when when I was over-directing Tony uh, a couple weeks ago, we were at uh, Open Mic Night, actually, that's down here in downtown Grand Rapids, and he performed uh, in his guitar, and he was so good they asked him to do it again. Now, and again. I, I have performed, four times. I have performed a few times at the Open Mic, and they have never asked me to do You got to bring in your personal feelings, Dave? At the end of the night, they have never asked me to Yeah, anyway, sorry. But I, You're but funny. I You're funny. You'll hear about this again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when we get to the place where they're holding this, um, we had gone to a little restaurant, got a little bit of food beforehand. Tony had a cup that he wanted to throw away. And he's like, where's the where's the trash? And I'm like, I'll just take it for you. And he's like, no, show me the trash. And I'm like, no, I'll just take it. He's like, no, I want you to show me where the trash is. So <laughs> I brought him over to where it was. We had a little argument. And then he, he just, and then after, it was interesting, Tony, because I was, uh. I was watching and I was watching how you went along. It's a coffee shop. So I watched you go along the coffee shop the, and you just kind of felt your way down the uh, countertop of the different things on the counter. Mm -hmm. You only pocketed a few things, which was good. Um, (laughs) No, just kidding. Right. But but no, but you kind of just felt your way down to where the garbage was where I'd show you before, and you kind of felt your way around the room. Uh Uh-huh. And that's something – is that something you do frequently? I do, yeah. Uh, Especially if it – you know, if it's a small enough room. You know, if it's like a big big club or something like that, or if I'm – if I'm playing a show at a bigger venue or if I'm going to see a concert at a big venue, I mean, there's no reason to do it because it would just take too much time. I try yeah. to, but yes, in, in, in the sense of, you know, if I have, if I have enough time before the event or before the excursion of, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, wherever it is, um, yeah, I'll, I'll usually try and get a basic idea of, you know, I'll try to get my six. Of, and and why you know, do you, why do you, I think I, I think I probably know the answer to this, but why do you do that? It just gives me an understanding of my bearings and, you know, so I can, I can visualize in my head what's going on around me. So if it's like if the, if the coffee bar is in the back left and I hear people over there, if I've already checked it out, I know they're at the coffee bar. They're sitting down. Mm-hmm. Does it give you a sense of security then? I think so. I mean, that definitely ties into it. You know, psychologically, I'm sure it does to an extent. But it also just lets me enjoy the view of what I mm-hmm. think what's going on. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, kind of a maybe a little bit more of a, a sensitive question, and it, you know, I kind of warned you on the front end. We may sure. ask yeah, questions yeah, yeah. that seem insensitive, but trying to get an idea <laughs> of questions other people might ask. So, 
when it comes to being blind, what is it that you miss the most about not being able to see? Besides not being able to see. Sure. No, no, no. You're good. Um, video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, there have been plenty of times where I've wanted to play Grand Theft Auto Five, or Aww. Far Cry or yeah. Crisis yeah, yeah. or some of those games, you know, but um, but I, another one definitely is um, sometimes I wish I could drive. Mm-hmm. It'd yeah. be nice to yeah. not have to rely so solely on having other people do it for me because then that, that that's that's another frustration you know going back to that conversation i i feel like a part of me by force in nature i have to rely on people mm-hmm. yeah. not not all the time you know because there's lyft there's uber there's all these sure. things uh, that are but even then yeah there's no public transportation there's still that reliability you be completely independent yeah with. there's still yeah. reliability and that again, it's one of those things you have to accept. It's inevitable with having a disability that prevents you from doing certain things that mm-hmm. many others can do. So I, I try not to look at it as a um, disadvantage, more so as just it's just a change, you know. And you know, God has His provisions and and how He you know will help you adapt and learn the ropes with those kinds of avenues. With, with Lyft and Uber, when you're doing things like that, do you indicate in any way, shape, or form that you are blind? Um, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll send a text to my driver, like, hey, I'm the dude with the cane. <laughs> or, you know, you know yeah. it's like I, I'm yeah. visual, or especially, especially when I'm in Chicago or a bigger city, because obviously there's so many other cars, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, out, out here in Grand Rapids or, you know, back in Jenison, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's small. It's, it's, you know, someone comes up your driveway, you obviously, you know who the heck it is. Right. But. If it's in Chicago, then yes. Like if I'm at Union Station, if I'm getting off a train and I need to take an Uber to the airport, I'll usually uh, have the driver, could you please come and find me on the sidewalk or give me three honks okay. to indicate you are my Lyft driver yeah. or something like that. Have oh, them, that makes sense. You know, you, got, yeah. you have to advocate. That's cool. You have to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. So that kind of reminds me of something else, just your your whole attitude you seem like a really positive person, but you make a lot of jokes, like oh, blind jokes. <laughs> yeah, I see that, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> right? Um, especially being on the worship team with you, I've heard you make a lot of jokes, you know, can't you see? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> how much does that help you cope? And, uh, or why, why do you make those jokes so often? You know, I, like I said before, I would lie to you if I said blindness doesn't, hurt me sometimes Mm -hmm. you know i I, i'm i don't i don't like to show weakness but at the same time if i want to show you the real me i'm gonna show you the real me that's right you know and yeah i mean humor is definitely a cover-up you know Mm -hmm. i don't do it just to get laughs i do it because it makes me laugh too okay you know it may it's it's a it's both a you know crowd and an individual based thing that i do because you know i want i want people to see it it it's especially I like to advocate for other blind people too. I want to make mm-hmm. sure when when I make a joke like this, you don't have to be so sensitive or watch what you say. It's like, oh hey Tony, did you see? Oh, I can't oh, see that. No. You know, I don't want people doing that. No, scratch that from your vocab. It doesn't matter if you, I, I know what you mean. Right. You know, I know yeah. what you mean. It's not normal to say, hey Tony, did you hear that movie? Right. You know, like, you know, this, <laughs> that's abnormal. That's abnormal language. Sure. You know, it, you don't. It just doesn't feel right. It almost feels like you're f- now you're treating me different by using right. language like that. Now right. you're actually, right. you know, putting Patronizing. me exactly. Yeah. You're putting me into a group. Could you explain a little bit? Because I asked you this um, recently about when you because you do uh, take in movies, you do watch movies. I do. Yeah. And and so 
uh, obviously there are you can hear the sound, of course. And but you said so. Explain when you're watching a movie or TV show how it's different, how the the broadcast can be specific for someone who doesn't have sight. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm gonna give a little you know love for Netflix for this. So uh, Netflix in particular has a audio described section of their search tab. And to all of you guys who don't know, audio description is basically a service that is provided for movies and TV shows. They hire a narrator. Somebody writes a script of imminent and you know acute details that are happening on the screen, facial expressions, uh, setting changes, uh, basic um, uh, like uh, character descriptions, right. cues that you cannot see, and they'll describe those. And they do it all That's between cool. the dialogue. That's right? correct. Yep, they do it all between the dialogue because they don't want you don't want to just con- constantly hear constantly voice, 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 and you can't even hear right. the dialogue because then it's pointless. And it's of like course. I don't want to hear this British dude talking to me about how she's got you know uh, an, an impressive rainbow shirt on, blah blah blah. I don't care. Just <laughs> tell me a basic idea, and I got it in my head, and then you know let them talk. Now it's interesting um, that. Like when you're in a conversation, like when I well, when I'm in a conversation with somebody, and I'm one of the things you do is obviously you can't read body cues. No, and so one of the thing that when you're in a conversation with somebody is that you can kind of tell that when they want to say something because they give you visual cues as to when they want to speak. Right, mm-hmm. you can see that they're kind of leaning forward. They're about ready to open their mouth. Um, so there's different things that we do instinctively. How do you? And as we're talking now, and as we've talked already a bunch of times, you read cues very well when someone else wants to speak. How do you do that? Uh, so I mean, it's waiting for pauses mm-hmm. in a sense, and just listening to how you talk, what you're saying. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, it sounds like he's wanting a response directly <laughs> after this, or he's waiting for a chime in. He's waiting for a small detail. Like, I guess it's it all. It all. It also has to do with the fact that I was cited before. Right. Yeah. That's okay. a huge one. You know, that's a mm. big part. I've obviously seen seen a lot of these cues. Do I remember what all of them look like? I, I don't think so. But it's still a part of my everyday life. You know, blindness hasn't necessarily affected me. To the point of, you know, complete change. But, you know, who am I to say that? You know, change is change. But So that reminds me of a question I asked you before, and I want to ask a little more detail on it. I asked you if you visualize people when you hear their voices. Uh-huh. And you said, yeah. <laughs> That's and where I was going to go next. I was going to ask that. Oh, and God. you said you thought I was a blonde when we first met. Uh-huh. Wrong. And I'm wondering, what, <laughs> like, why? What, um, what is it about people's voices that give you certain impressions? Honestly, I don't know. I think oh, really? it's just what happened with my or with my um transition into learning how to visualize with uh-huh. blindness and it just kind of just crossed over. Okay. You know, whenever I hear someone's voice, I have an instant um kind of portrait of what they might look like. And huh. it's hard to really describe it. You know, I've been asked several times in the past, you know, 10 years, everybody that I know like oh what do you think i look like it's like okay well you got brown hair maybe um i vision i think of you wearing a white t-shirt and blue jeans interesting <laughs> i'm you really know? curious i mean is it is it, <laughs> I know. is it is it is it accurate I look like no. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful girl. Aww, yeah, she is. You're beautiful. You. and then dave you're just you're dave 
I am, and that is a <laughs> description of me as you, you are it. likely to find. You got uh, you, you're your own adjective. You know? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take this a little further. Sure. Um, so when we meet people, we often will make judgments uh, based on their appearances, uh-huh. and I, this isn't always right, but that's what we do. We yeah. sort of, you know, you see somebody and you're like, oh, they're that kind of person. <laughs> so do you? Are there things about how people talk? Do you do that too? I do. I do. <laughs> you know, I can't judge based off looks. So the next one comes up, the way you talk. <laughs> right. And, and obviously I don't, I don't try to, but yeah. you know, oh, I know. everyone has to judge. Of it's course. just a part of our, it's, human nature. Yeah, it's, it's our part of our human nature. So I judge with voice. So if you're somebody who speaks with a lot of, you know, a lot of hesitation all the time or, you know, have a squeaky voice, like some things might be going through my head. It's like, are you all right? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So when you, so, you know, you have the, you're a part of a community, a lot, you have a lot of friends who are also blind. I do. Um, so you, I'm sure you have friends that were blind from birth. Yeah, I do. Are there differences? Like, I mean, what are some of the, I'm sure there are. So what are some of the differences that you notice between yourself and someone who is blind from birth? Um, I think a big one is a more lack and orientation. Hmm. I, I guess you know, okay. and, and and you know, I I don't want that to be taken by offense if any of my blind friends do listen to this because it's like <laughs> I I've, of course I learn just as much as you would from me, and I, I I guess from what I've noticed is there is definitely a difference in orientation and understanding your surroundings. Mm-hmm. There's, there's yeah, a big they difference can't in it. Visualize so. and um and that and it i can't even, i can't really even answer this for for a mass amount of people because it's sure. each individual is different so mm-hmm. you know my my judgment and you know my my views could only just solely be on a few people for all, for all i know you know so yeah it makes sense um so i got to ask the questions again it's an obvious question i don't sure. people it. are listening i don't mean for this to be offensive but have you seen the show daredevil oh my god of course i mean right i know I <laughs> oh mean, it's it's fantastic is he is he <laughs> charlie cox man he definitely beats matt damon i'd rather have oh, well, charlie that's cox not saying much but i mean at least in that role yeah. um is that would you say that's your favorite superhero or not um would you consider the Punisher a superhero? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd say I'd say the yeah. Punisher's my favorite, but Daredevil's okay. definitely right next in line because it's just it's fascinating the way that they depicted that story. You know, from from when when he was a kid and and deal, mm-hmm. you know having grown up with his dad Jack with the uh, MMA stuff. You know, it, mm-hmm. they, right. they 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 were very um, very to the heart with that whole story. Their mm-hmm. their attention to detail. With you know Math, Matthew and Braille and had that accident when the even though know, he got the, all the chemicals in his eyes mm-hmm. right. like that I cried I did too I cried really? like I'm, I saw well not only did I cry based, you know because a nine year old boy just had that happen but yeah right, right. But you I, felt I shared it. That. Yeah, yeah I felt that yeah because it's like wow you know oh man you know there's a little boy losing his vision just like I did do you mm-hmm. feel like it's important for people like anybody to see people on screen or to that they identify with Kind of like black. Now we're not we're not going to get into this as a discussion topic because sure, that's no. a whole different conversation. But so you feel like it's pretty important. Like Black Panther is a huge movie right now. <sighs> Haven't seen it just yet. Um, and, and it's because a lot of African Americans say, "Hey, there's someone that looks like me that I identify with," and this is for now going to be the biggest Marvel movie ever. <laughs> so do you, you feel that's pretty important for someone who's blind? 
um, to have that? I do. I and, and you know, some blind people would probably disagree with me and say, you know, sure. it's just, it's no, well, dude, that's Hollywood. You know, it's bull crap. It's all lies. Well, <laughs> well, well, you know, that's taking the conservative route. But. Yeah, and I think there's a big difference between someone like. Daredevil and like Mr. Course, Magoo, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't wow. want Mr. You don't. I mean, there were blind. He's people. jumping off buildings. for yeah. goodness sakes! But and... there were blind people in the media, but they weren't portrayed in yeah. a positive light uh-huh. at all. And now finally, there's this guy but, that's a hero. But I do think it was it is a good story because you know you. In a sense, it inspires you. The, okay, so this is going to sound so crazy, but after I finished the show, I was like, yeah. dude, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> no, no. Sign me up for no. some martial arts. Yeah, I was, you know, I was <laughs> when's, your, like, when's your birthday, Tony? We're going to get uh, you a baton. Nine, nine, a baton. Yeah, give me, give me a baton. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> We're going to get you a costume and tell you it looks some, like Daredevil's and costume, put but me it's in, not. Put me in law school, you know? Some jiu-jitsu <laughs> lessons. There you go. I'm going to be a lawyer, guys. You so let me, um, let me ask you this. Shoot. Talk to me a little bit about how your faith has been impacted by this. You know, I'll, I'll just go off the bat and say God is amazing with how he's been able to uh, uh, mold my overall attitude with mm-hmm. with having this disability and putting the, you know, kind of infantry in, into my, psych, my psychology mm-hmm. to be able to handle the judgment, to be able to handle change, to be able to handle, you know, the potential stares that I get, the the you know, the pity that people probably feel for me. Like I, I just, from the beginning, I knew God was doing something with the music. And then, mm-hmm. you know, music was definitely that the uh, cornerstone right. of probably the one thing, you know, the, one of the biggest, biggest things of that makes me who I am, that gave me that outlet, gave me that um, exploitation, you know, to, to uh, decipher all of these feelings and, uh, frustrations and you know I guess another good thing was I was a kid you know so it was easier for me you know it's it's different if you're older so and, and one of the things that I obviously getting to know you more and more is you're not a bitter person you're not bitter about this I mean do you ever get angry about it at all or kind of get mad at God like why me yeah I you know that's I just had a flashback you know this is the first time I remember this hmm. I was about 10 years old and um, you know I I I uh, had been sitting in my room with my guitar and I was talking to God. I'm like, can you give me my vision for 30 seconds to see my instrument just for 30 seconds? Mm. You know, I, I just, I, I wanted a moment to enjoy yeah. seeing again, Yeah, you know, video games, you know, yeah. stuff like that, being able to, uh, you know, watch the sunrise or, you know, you know, watch the look at the moon or, you know, a rainbow or wh- whatever, you know, it's just like little, mm. little things that matter. Yeah. You know, I don't need mm-hmm. to see a, a, you know, a super colored geometric shape and, in, you know, it's super detail or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not looking to look at anything fancy, something just, just basic. Just a glimpse. Yeah. 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 Just a glimpse of something that means mm. significance and life, you know, and there's even today, you know, it never goes away. Yeah. It's never going to go away. You know, I, I can't just sit here and tell you that I'm over it all 100% or I'm, you know, I, I don't have any, you know, thoughts of, you know, wanting my vision back or sure. some, you know what I mean? Because like I said, I'd be lying to myself. Everyone would be lying to themselves with, with you know, a big change like this because sometimes we want things to go back to the way that they mm-hmm. used to be. But, yeah. but you know, that's, that's where you got to come back to earth and uh, kind of, you know, get, get a grasp on reality and, you know, what's going on. Right. So you said something about... Um, putting up with the stairs. 
do you sense when people are staring at you? Do you feel that? Um, not as much anymore because I don't care. Uh huh. But you used uh, to be able to feel it or sense it. I, I guess I could sense it, and maybe that was also my own fear. Kind of mm. paranoia. You know, paranoia. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think a part of it had to do with paranoia, but over time, it's it's not exactly as strong as it once was. I just want <laughs> kind of a weird question, but I like Dave. Stop looking at me. <laughs> I actually wasn't, but sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. I can remember waking up because my kids were standing at the side of the bed staring at me, mm-hmm. you know, when they'd wake up early in the morning. Yeah. And they're little. Um, and we used to have this discussion, like, when you stare at somebody and then they turn and look at you, is that just chance? Or, or do we really have a sense when people are staring? Like, can we feel that? And I just wondered if you felt I, I guess, you know, not to get all super spiritual on you, but I think <laughs> I think some of it has to do with energy transfer and oh. in, in physics. Just when, uh-huh. when you look at someone, you're engaging with them, which means you're sending... You know, well, you, you're sending waves yeah. to them. You're, you oh. actually do have an influence on the photons. Exactly. And all that you stuff. are yeah. sending them energy. So in a sense, a part of your brain might be reacting to that, whether it's on the forefront of your mind or within your subconscious, huh. it's still coming at you. So, well, I mean, I guess I can throw that out there. Well, absolutely. Even you get into a little bit of quantum physics, oh, there yeah. are <laughs> particles that oh, will man. change I'm drastically. Not smart. I'm not smart enough for this conversation. Well, no, <laughs> mind, yeah, but yeah. from what I've heard is that there's actually there's different particles that will react differently when you watch them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not crazy to think that everything's a connected. Way. Everything is connected somehow. We do have a question from Facebook. Okay. Um, I did put it out there that we were going to be interviewing you tonight. And one of my friends, one of my Iowa friends, Mr. Eric, says, um, as a musician, he says, What advantages do you as a musician have over someone who has their sight? Sense of touch, I think. Being able to when we hear the note and know exactly where it is on the fretboard just based off my muscle memory and being able to. Uh, just feel my way through uh, the keys or the fretboard. You just know. Mm-hmm. You memor- You memorize it. You see it in your head. You're able to pinpoint its location. So I think there's you know, a, a certain point at which I don't need to look at it anymore, mm. which means that gives me an opportunity to multitask a little bit better. And the way his fingers fly over the fretboard, I, I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. No, and he's a very good uh, guitarist for sure, which we've, we've heard a couple times. Um, Carol, you had a couple of questions that I thought were interesting that you were asking Tony at worship practice a couple weeks ago. I'd like to hit just a couple of those. Sure. Um, well, one of them was, do you dream in pictures? Like, do you have visions in your dreams? Okay. So, um, yes, I do. But uh, going back to what I said earlier, is it vivid? No. Right. It's definitely gotten more blurry as time goes on. And what I see right now is what I see in my dreams. Mm-hmm. It, it used to be a lot stronger, when, but you know, after I lost, you know, a couple of years after I lost my vision, I was still, I was able to see. Yeah, I was able to see everything. You know, the the things that stay strong today and probably will for the rest of my life are colors uh-huh. and basic shapes, and you know, kind of the things I was describing earlier. Yeah, and colors is cool. You mentioned that you you associate color certain colors with different sounds. I and- do. I do. Oh yeah. Um, you said that guitar music is green yes. of varying shades. No, so it, it's weird how I came up with that, but <laughs> it allows me to visualize my music. Sure. That's it, crazy. That's it cool. allows me to visualize. So whenever I play guitar, the lower the note on the guitar, the darker green it is. The higher, you know, the the, the lighter green it gets until it gets to white. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, do you have a different color you associate with the keyboard? 
Um, a little bit. Uh, yellow, uh-huh. I guess, with, with piano. Right. And then, you know, each instrument, every instrument that I hear, I just have a color to it. Brass, you know, I I see gold or I see a little bit of yellow. Uh Oh, wow. You know, when I hear drums, I think of black, brown. And whenever I hear the snare drum, that's always that's always white. Mm. Uh, Cymbals are always gold. Um, You know, just like it's it's a montage. It's a big color filled festival in my head whenever awesome. whenever yeah <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm planning on writing a book about this at some point uh-huh. you know just describing how one who is blind can visualize certain things in their own mm-hmm. way because it can be done it can be done you know sure. it, it's mm-hmm. it's you know whenever i'm listening to a song i see colors everywhere mm-hmm. it's wow. like a, it's like a light show and That's you know a- and you know braille of course i do yep the uh, I've been reading it for about 12 years. How long did it take you to learn how to read Braille? A couple of years. Okay. A couple of years. You know, I was not, I shouldn't say 12 years. It's probably been 14 at this point because I started in seven or uh, when I was seven years old. Mm. And then uh, I spent, you know, the first two years kind of learning it. And at the time, I still had my vision. So I would always cheat and try to look at it because <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that Braille crap. You know, yeah. my, my yeah. eyes were straining from my freaking glasses, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah. So, um, I know you probably have some pretty good calluses on your left hand from the guitar. Oh, for sure. But your your right hand, you usually use picks, right? So I do. Yep. Your fingertips aren't affected by that at all. Mm-mm. And and speaking of playing, we did bring the guitar, and we have a little bit of time left, and so um, I would like you to play a song for us if that's okay. Yeah, Chad, I'd can love we do to. that? Is that okay? You can try. Yeah. We're going to try. I'm not sure how this is going to come across through the uh, the sound quality, but um, yeah, just play us a yeah, just play us one of your songs because you you write stuff. I know. I do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let me get you your guitar for you a second. Sure. Do 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 do. Thank you, sir. Move this guy back a little bit since yeah. I'm a loud mouth. Probably a good idea. <laughs> As we wait for Dave to grab my guitar pick, this I is have. brought to you in part by. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Thank you, sir. Ooh, we're out of tune. He even tunes pretty. <laughs> is that right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could tune pretty. So uh, I'm going to sing a song called Alive that I wrote about three years ago. Thank you. 
miles away is where my life begins. It's all okay. goes crazy nicely done all right hold on a second <laughs> thanks tony no problem all right that's my pleasure well, thank you so much for playing for us tonight, and thanks so much for being on the podcast. That was, uh, it was great. a blast, man. I, I, I love it. And uh, anytime. Um, yeah, it'd be fun to have you on the podcast again sometime. There's definitely some more things that we have to talk about, I think. Shoot. Um, as we close, I like to do this a lot of times as we end the podcast out. Um, is there anything, uh, there's two questions I want to finish with. Number one, is there anything that you would like to say to people out there who maybe have maybe they're blind, maybe they're not, or have their own struggles. Is there something you could say to them to encourage them? Plain and simple, disability is just a word. It's uh, something that's influenced from society to segregate you into making you feel different just because what you have or what you do, what you possess, how you live your life isn't a part of the norm. So recognize that, and I, I, I honestly think it'll be much. And, and it's it's easier said than done. I know it requires a support. A network around you, people mm -hmm. who love you, people who are willing to encourage you. Reach out, talk to people. Don't be shy because the people who obviously treat you different are ignorant and they don't understand. And if you're not in a position to inform, then find 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 a group, find somebody who understands the the particular situation that you're in. But again, uh, I don't I don't believe in the word disability. That to me, that's a fake. You know, that's just a societal influential mm -hmm. thing. Okay, and what would you say to people who are encountering those with a disability and they feel uncomfortable and they're not sure exactly, like what could you speak to those people who are encountering someone like yourself? How um, could you encourage them to interact with you? Be patient. You know, don't jump to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, again, it's hard not to because it's a part of our human nature. I do it too. But you don't know what's going on. You don't know if, you know, their their independence. So instead of asking can I help you with this? Just say, hey, how was your day? Mm. Okay. Um, now, this is, you know, rumor has it we may have up to dozens and dozens of listeners. <laughs> 
And so this is an opportunity for you to promote yourself a little bit and okay. your music, which you put out there. So how can people get a hold of your, your music? Uh, so uh, I do have an album out right now called Father Forgive Me, which is on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, uh, anywhere that you buy your music online or stream. Um, I have... Uh, a couple of singles out right now. Reach Out is one of them. Uh, I did a cover of Ellie Golding and her song Lights. I did a, a more he- heavy metal version of that. Um, <laughs> you you like the metal? I do. Uh, uh, I've always, I've always been into the hard rock, but I do have a love for everything else. But okay. But no, uh, iTunes is you know Bandcamp, iTunes. Just search it up. Tony Gephardt, Father Forgive Me, or. Just search Tony Gephardt in iTunes. You'll find it. And if you like it, give it a buy. If you don't, hey, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for being here. Hey, on the it's been a pleasure. Thanks, yeah, this, is, this has been a riot. Yeah, so this is uh, an open letter podcast. And um, as Tony, uh, we are, your feedback is really important to us. Um, if you can go to – you can email us at an open letter to you, which is an open letter, the number two in the letter U. An open letter to you at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. We are on Facebook. So it, the reason we do this podcast is we want to reach as many people as possible yeah. because we want them to hear stories like Tony's and other people's stories that we, we go through and we invite onto the show and the different topics that we talk about. So it's important to us. We hope uh, that you'll share the podcast, let people know that you enjoy it, review us on iTunes. Uh, you know, tell him uh, how handsome Chad sounds on the on the review if you want to. That's always good for him. It's good for his, you know, for his self esteem. And and you know, tell me how good how good looking I I sound. You know, because they're only hearing our voices like Tony, and so they're coming. They're they're drawing their own conclusions about what we look like, and they they may not know that Chad looks just like George Clooney. No. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I've heard Brad Paisley, but never George. Brad Paisley. Okay, that's a country guy, right? I don't know. I don't listen to country music. So anyway, sorry for those of you who do. Anyway, again, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoy the rest of your night, day, morning, or whatever you're doing. So we'll talk to you next time.